Welcome to the Dewhawk Digest, a podcast that keeps you informed on all things Loras College. In this episode, we'll be looking at the creation and evolution of the Peace and Justice Center at Loras College. I'm Robert Waterbury, Assistant Director of Campus Communications, and joining me today is Stacia McDermott, the Director of Spiritual Life and Peace and Justice and the Co-Director of the Peace and Justice Minor Program. Thanks, Robert. It's yeah, great to be here. Thank you so much for joining me. So how long have you been involved with the spiritual office here at Loras? Well, I actually got involved when I was a student, starting back in 1999. So I've been involved, was very involved in campus ministry when I was a student. And then my husband actually worked here for quite a while, from 2005 to 2012, overseeing the Peace and Justice Center. And then I started in 2012 and have been there been here ever since. So uh, deeply connected then. So yeah. that's, that's fantastic. Uh, so kind of, you've got a long title. You've got a lot going on. So <laughs> can you give me an, an overview of kind of everything that you're involved with? with sure. The Spiritual Life Office? Sure. So first it started with overseeing the Peace and Justice Center. So it's the Father Ray Herman Peace and Justice Center and all of the things going on around that. We'll talk a little bit later about the history of that. Um, but, you know, it's encouraging outreach, education, awareness around peace and justice issues. How are we called to respond to them? How is it rooted in our Catholic mission? How is it incorporated into curricular and co-curricular offerings? How are we connected to the community? So bringing in speakers, highlighting Peace and Justice Week that we have every fall, we have an annual fair trade sale. So that's kind of how my position started, was overseeing all of those pieces. And then about three years ago, I took on the position as well of director of spiritual life, which oversees all of the great things that happen within our division. So being support to our amazing staff in the spiritual life office, um, helping with vision and mission, helping students walk through their questions and their faith while they're here at Loris, providing opportunities for them to grow. Um, you know, one of my favorite phrases that we say in our Catholic identity statement is that we seek to help realize the spiritual potential of all people. And I truly believe that that is something that we endeavor to do um, through a lot of the different offerings and programs um, and resources that we have. Uh, so that you know, varies from offering retreat opportunities to Bible studies, um, service experiences, whether that be in the local area or on our eight to nine service trips that we lead every year. Uh, like I said, peace and justice groups, sustainability efforts, you know, kind of covers the gamut. And, you know, we really are committed to being here for all students, regardless of where they identify with their faith, um, as well as being there for our faculty staff as well. Okay. Well, since your origins are kind of with the center, how about we kind of right into the origins of the center itself? Great. Uh, is, when Do you know when it was established? Yes. So the Father A. Herman Peace and Justice Center was established in 1982 um, in memory of Father Ray Herman, who was a priest of the Archdiocese of Dubuque, um, and he spent 13 years serving the poorest of the poor in Bolivia. Uh, so attending to their educational, their medical, their spiritual, their educational needs 
He spent the latter part of his time in Bolivia in a small village, rural village called Morachata. And during that time there, like I said, he really um, felt like he found his vocation. Um, his nickname is actually Cigar Box Ray because when he died, he was murdered in 1975, found murdered um, in his bed. And still there has been no justice that has happened uh, figuring out who his actual murderer or murderers was. Um, but all of his material possessions fit in a cigar box. So when they sent that home, and we actually have that here outside of Christ the King Chapel in a display window. Um, but yeah, he really realized his vocation of how he was called to serve the needs of the material poor. And the people in this area really did not want his memory and his legacy to go forgotten. So in 1982, the center was established by Father Robert Beck and Paul Allen, who is a professor here at Loris, and initially started um, as a way, a lending library, a place where people could go to learn more around pieces of um, social justice, um, tried to cultivate and bring in speakers, connect to the community, kind of address those needs that weren't being met, talking about social justice issues, connecting it to Catholic teaching, um, you know, developing Loris's awareness of the social teachings of the church, um, and then has really evolved over the years. So it's established in 1982. I believe it had its first director in 1985. And that has sort of shifted off and on since that establishment, people where they've just been the director of that or there's been a gap um, or have done a similar position to mine where it's a shared responsibility. But in recent years, it's been really exciting because we've grown the center into providing paid student worker positions for students. So some of the things that um, have been a really profound experience, I think, for students is taking leadership in a lot of these different areas of peace and justice. So we have student worker positions in sustainability, so care for God's creation. How does that look like? How are we working for that here at Loris College, making people aware of reducing their carbon footprint? How do we do that as an institution and individually and connect to community resources? Uh, then we have students who work with our Do Peace and Justice student group that meets weekly. And, you know, they just talk about what are the social issues of the day, current events, um, things going on at Loris and in the community and world. So whether that be indigenous rights or immigration policy, prison systems, um, you know, all the different social justice issues that are happening today. So we bring in speakers and then people talk about, okay, what can you do about that? So that might be participating in a witness or it might be um, a letter writing campaign, you know, something like that. Um, and then we also have positions that do interfaith engagement. So talk about how are we bringing together people from all different faith traditions and worldview perspectives, how are we learning from each other, working together for the common good, serving others. Um, and then we established the Peace Institute as well, which is a summer experience for high school students. That's a four to five day camp-like experience that explores peacemaking through uh, peace with self, peace with others, peace with creation, and peace with the world. And then we have Laura students that serve as a camp counselor. So those are just some glimpses of some of the stuff we do. I want to allow you time to ask questions, because <laughs> so, I could keep going yeah, on. Yeah, I mean, there's there's plenty going on, obviously, and you hint at it. I mean, this is really um, 
you know, from its origins, I mean, it's really evolved significantly. Um, so, and you kind of gave the hints, but what are the different, uh, different avenues that have opened up for students mm-hmm. within the center, kind of under the center's purview in terms of all the different things that they can do? I mean, you mentioned sustainability. Let's start there. What's, sure. What offerings are there under the sustainability banner? So right now, we actually have three student workers that are working on sustainability. And there's certain events and offerings that we do on a yearly basis. One of those is the Feast of St. Francis Harvest Party. So we have a campus garden that was established. Um, One of our students, who is an amazing student leader who cared passionately about uh, ecology and sustainability, um, his name is Tom Blacklock. And Soon after he graduated from Loris, he died of a pulmonary embolism. And his family and his memory um, have started amazing uh, offerings at Loris. So that has included funding for the sustainability student worker positions, funding of our campus garden, which is outside of the science hall, um, and also a scholarship for junior students who are active in serving around issues of sustainability. That's a $1,000 scholarship. Uh, for junior students. So, um, so yeah, garden activities, maintenance, harvesting is a big piece that our sustainability student workers engage with. Um, we have a Do Earth Week every semester that's around Earth Day. So in April, where we have, you know, uh, musicians and booths and educators um, around sharing um, different ways in which the Dubuque and Tri-State community is working towards sustainability. And that's a week long. Yeah, it's a week long. Different events every day. Exactly. To bring awareness. Yep. Yep. So there's like a day of service. We've connected closely with Convivian Urban Farmstead in Dubuque. Um, So done service there, done service like cleanup around the garden or around campus. Um, watch documentaries like Bag It that talks about our use of plastic bags. So lots of different events. And, you know, every group of students that comes in in leadership, we really want them to pursue areas that they're interested in. So we might have set things that we do every year, but then we allow freedom for them to kind of say, okay, what does this look like and how, what are they excited about learning? So one student, you know, started a blog where she talked about how Students can reduce um, their waste in their dorm rooms and their residence halls. Um, we do like planting activities where students can plant seeds and then bring them back to their residence halls, talking about water waste reduction, you know, all of those kind of things. So every year it looks a little bit different. Sure. So it's a kind of um, slightly student driven then. Yes. So yes. They kind of pick the avenues yep. that they're passionate about and go from there. Absolutely. Okay. So something else that you guys work on is the is a fair trade. Yep. Component. So look at I didn't even mention it. You brought it up. <laughs> Way to go, Robert. Yeah. So in 2012. So actually, before I was in this position, my husband Dave McDermott was um, part of a student-led initiative to make Loris a fair trade college. Um, which we were the first Catholic college um, west of the Mississippi, actually, that got that designation. And that includes, um, so having products on campus that are certified fair trade. And for those of you who don't know what fair trade is, it just basically means that the people who are the producer of goods are given um, a livable wage. So a lot of the middle people um, between the producers and the um, consumers, a lot of those middle people are eliminated to allow a more direct trade route where the money then goes to actually the people that are producing the goods so they can have money for education and health care. Um, 
be able to, you know, send their kids to school um, and for them to have upward job mobility. So um, on our campus, in our cafeteria, we serve all fair trade coffee. Um, we do local coffee. So Verena Street Coffee is in our market. Um, and then we do a lot of different events throughout the year to try try and help raise awareness on what it means to be a conscious consumer. That you know all of the goods that we use, whether that be the clothing we wear or the food we eat, comes from somewhere. And there's lots of human beings and processes that are involved um, that make a tremendous impact. And so, how are we aware of what we buy? You know, how do we maybe buy less and share more? Um, and you know, how does that connect to Catholicism or another faith tradition that you identify with. So it's very much rooted in this idea of human dignity um, and care for creation. Every year we have a fair trade sale uh, where we have, we have a local um, a local shop, Ripple Effect, which is down right uh, by the 4th Street Elevator. She sells, uh, Patty sells all fair trade products from all over the world. And so she comes on campus. We have a three to five day sale where people can come and buy goods that they can feel good about Mm -hmm. so that's something that we do yearly but a lot of that is also collaboration with other groups trying to encourage student athletes and other clubs and organizations if they purchase t-shirts to try and purchase them to be fair trade or usa made Um, we have a thrift sale every year where students can donate their old clothing and we sell things for very cheap and then use the money for more fair trade efforts or supporting clubs who maybe want to purchase fair trade t-shirts but can't afford it so we can help um, with that, that, um, difference between, you know, what it would be to purchase t-shirts that are, aren't fair trade. So those are some of the things that we do there. Sure. So you mentioned the fair trade sale, uh, you mentioned the do, do earth week. Yep. So there's a lot of events going on for those. What other significant, uh, significant events do you guys plan through the center throughout the year for not just those two components, but for other things? Yeah. So every year we have peace and justice week, which occurs pretty quickly into the semester. Uh, The International Day of Peace is September 21st, so we try and plan it around there. Um, So there's a Dubuque Day of Peace committee that's, you know, made up of people in the tri-state area that we bring an international um, Peace Day speaker to campus every year, which is great. You know, we've brought great speakers here on campus throughout the years. Um, Gandhi's grandson was here. Um, I'm trying to think. Magdalena Gomez was here. She's an artist and a poet and an activist that was just here this fall. So we just try and bring in different speakers throughout that week. Um, Also a big highlight that we've had the last couple years off and on is artist John Noltzner, who does an exhibit called A Piece of My Mind, spelled P-E-A-C-E. And his work is, as a photographer, he goes around the country and takes pictures of people, but also hears their story of what does peace mean to them. So um, he's created this these beautiful exhibits, um, freestanding exhibits of images and people sharing about peace from all different walks of life. Um, and then he comes on campus the last two times he's come, does a photo shoot with our um, students, faculty, and staff that we give them a prompt and he takes a professional image of them. And then there's a quote around that. Um, and we use those images around campus. Um, but we do, yeah, lots of events then throughout that week that vary. Um, you know, it might be a candlelight vigil for those who are voiceless where we walk around campus. Uh, we'll collaborate with other student groups that are service-based or others-based and try and do education and outreach about all the ways students can get involved. 
um, and helping others while they're on campus. So yeah, that takes a different look every year. And all these events that, that are going on, these are all obviously they're student organized yep. and student led and kind yep. of student focused, but they're open to the public as well, correct? Yep, absolutely. So the Dubuque Day of Peace um, organization, they have a website, so they promote all of the events that happen at Loris, but then also happen in the community. We obviously release have a press release every year, but yeah, all of them are open to the community, which is great. It's great for our students to encounter other people that care about peace and justice, learn about how they have dedicated their lives to, to growing that mission. So yeah. Okay. And then moving forward, obviously, with the center, mm -hmm. where do you see things going? I mean, it's kind of a constant evolution, obviously. And it, yeah. like you said, it's kind of depends on the students. But where do you see things moving forward with the center kind of expanding or growing in areas? You know, I think as more and more young people see uh, they want to make a difference in the world and they care, they see how these issues of injustice and marginalization and violence have affected them on like a personal level. Uh, I think more and more people have a desire to to work for change. Um, and I think that's one of the great pieces of our mission as a Catholic school is, you know, we have a longstanding commitment to encounter those on the margins. Um, we have lots of documents that speak to that. Um, so I think it's a great, yeah, in terms of where we go, I think the sky's kind of the limit. That's what I love about it is every year is open to creativity and to speak to what are the needs right now in our community and on our campus and in our world. And, you know, I, I love that it's student driven. Like I said, we have things that happen every year, but I think every group of students brings new leadership and new ideas. Um, and I love walking with students as they figure out what they're passionate about at that, what they're passionate about and how we can um, help bolster that and work with their leadership school skills. Um, something that's been really exciting is the creation of the Peace Institute that started, well, this summer will be our fourth year, but it's a summer experience for high school students. Um, like I said, cultivating uh, peacemaking skills and, you know, getting away from this idea that peace is passive or it's only theoretical, but that it really is practical and tangible and we can learn these skills. Uh, I think it's a really empowering experience, not only for the high school students that participate, but also for the college students who serve as our camp counselors. So I would love to continue to broaden that. We often have you know, faculty and staff or parents who are like, I want to go to this. This looks awesome. Or I would love to have this for my younger child. So I think, you know, expanding that where maybe we do more workshops throughout the year where we teach people skills around nonviolent communication. Um, yeah. So and it, right now that's what that's a three day event in the middle of the summer. Correct? Yep. It's actually four to five days. So this summer we'll start on Sunday. Um, I believe it's uh, July 26th or the 20th now mm -hmm. I get confused and then well, and we, we may circle around on a and do another podcast yeah. specifically on that event that'd be great there's quite a bit going on with that that'd so. be great so yeah so. we'll start on a Sunday afternoon and then we'll end on a Thursday afternoon okay a lot of exciting stuff going on with the center and it's it's great that it to see it kind of evolve and grow and change and just yes knowing that it's kind of always evolving and you know and one piece I did forget to mention too that is really 
an exciting and transformative experience is our Valder Social Justice Award, which students apply for their junior year. And it was created in the memory of Bob Valder, who is a uh, student here at Loris College. And his brother, Mike Valder, is one of the creators of this program. But it allows students to work in social justice fields for eight to 10 weeks over the summer, and they get a $3,000 stipend to do it. So that of all my years at Loris, it's been amazing to see students um, who have worked in all different areas of um, peace and justice and how transformed they've been in that short eight to 10 weeks. So that has been a tremendous program that we'd love to see grow too, that more and more students could partake in it. All right. Well, Station McDermott, thank you so much for joining me and taking part in this podcast and sharing all the information about the uh, Peace and Justice Center. Thanks so much for having me. I love sharing the great news about all the good things that are happening. And thank you to all who listened in on our discussion. We hope you enjoyed the conversation and will join us for the next Duhawk Digest.